<laughs> Good evening to you, Dennis. What hour is it where you are? <laughs> it is happy hour. <laughs> oh, God. Well, what a lovely hour that is. Indeed. And here we go. Here we oh. go. Almost a happy new year. Yes. As we well, record this, we have passed Christmas. I received my electric guitar, which was pretty sweet. Oh, my word. So now I can have you been playing it then? A little bit. Uh, not much because I don't have a place to... to like, I've got my... Acoustic, plug it in. I got my, no, I've got a place to plug it in, but I've got my acoustic guitar on a little guitar stand. And... But I don't have a stand for any other guitars, so I have to keep it in the in the case, uh, which means that it's more of a hassle to get it out, and which means just that little bit of friction uh, causes me to play it less. Why don't you switch the guitars and put the other one in the case? Well, because the case for the acoustic is up in the attic somewhere, and uh, they don't fit in each other's cases. But I... You have to set your sights and your goals. Establish a couple of quick goals here with me. Number one. Yes. Greater access to your electric guitar. Yes, I have, Number two, I have a short term, long. It is. Well, I would like to buy some wall mounts for the guitars, and just hang them on the wall, and that way Simple they're enough. they're they're going to be even more visible. And I found that a big part of picking the darn thing up and, and playing with it is that it catches your having eye. it in hand. And because if you keep your guitars in cases all the time, you're not going to play them. Uh, but if it's that's one of the reasons why I always keep mine out on a on a stand. Uh, but now that I've got two that I want to potentially fiddle with, uh, I need uh, to mount them on the wall somewhere. And I've got yeah. a I've got a wall picked out. I'm I still need to go through the paperwork with the with with my with my wife to get a permit to put a hole in the wall. Uh, uh. But you may know how that is. But I've got I've got a plan. Good, good. Well, you know, those are. You, if you find a stud, you just screw it in. Drill a hole smaller than the than the screw and just screw it in, and you're done. It take twenty minutes. Yeah. Well, we don't have studs here. Uh, our walls are made of. <laughs> I mean, apart from myself, uh, our walls <laughs> are made of brick, basically. Uh, so there's just this thin layer of plaster over over brick so you got to drill in and no wood and there's no there's no wood and so you got to drill into the brick and then put in an anchor and uh yeah and, and do it that yeah, way yeah gotcha uh, but still gotcha. it is it that's is not a long yeah it's not a, it's not difficult and it is pretty much the extent of my of my handyman abilities to put a hole in the wall and put an anchor in a screw uh i can manage that but beyond that it uh I'm just like, well, I, I'm going to break something. Well, make sure you, just make sure you measure twice. Measure twice, cut once. Measure twice and cut how many times? Four. <laughs> once, which rhymes with dunce, and I don't mean anything by that. I don't really. Uh, really. Yeah. The really. other the other problem we have is, well, actually, recently our our drill broke, and I've been borrowing a neighbor's, uh, but. The way, the I don't know if my if my bits are are dull and don't make any jokes about that, but uh, but it's with the with drilling into brick, like you gotta 
with having brick and then drywall, the brick has a hollow bit in the middle, right? So you're drilling through the brick and then immediately gives way and you can plunge right. the, the drill into the into the drywall. And I've done that several right. times. So right. even even right. just even just cutting once can often cut more than I right. would like to chew. Well the key of course is to drill exactly the right size hole, which is exactly one size lower than the size of the insert. One size lower. So that when you pound that insert in, you do so gently but firmly because the hole is almost big enough for that insert. I, in my limited experience, I sort of beg to, <coughs> beg to differ on that uh, because oh. I find that the little plastic anchor thing, I, I've had my best success when that goes in really smooth and easy but, but because then the screw makes it expand out and really grab onto the, to the sides. True. What I'm suggesting is just twice as strong, maybe half as strong as what I do it, like is the way you do it, is strong enough. Right. But if you want it stronger... You'll do it a couple different ways. I'm I'm not suggesting much different than you. I'm saying to give it a little bit of a head start. You have a tendency, of course, with the drill to drill a little bit larger than you mean to if you wiggle a bit, and therefore there's very little room for error. However, with a screwer that is smaller, a hole that is smaller, you do have room for error, which is built into it. And if you do it right, it's actually following the instructions because the instructions will tell you exactly what I'm saying. Over to you, Chad. So you're saying I need some wiggle room? <laughs> I need to leave some wiggle room. <laughs> well, that's 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 quite a brief summary of, <laughs> of a really long, convoluted statement. But and yeah, I've never and, received yeah. instructions with my uh, with my wall anchors. Oh, really? In Spain, the little plastic anchor things that you put into the wall are called tacos. Yeah. And so, do you eat them plus insert them? No. No, and in fact, in Spain, they don't really know what Mexican tacos are. That's not a thing that is eaten here. Uh, and the other interesting thing, the other uh, the other meaning of the word taco in Spanish, well, there's there's two others. Uh, one is little pieces of diced meat. You can cut something into tacos, uh, and the other one is a curse word. If you you know don't say any taco. Taco. Yes. Uh, taco. Yes. You'll stick it, taco. So I guess maybe with curse words, there are soft tacos and hard tacos. Give me a taco, you stinking taco. Or I'll use this hammer on your head. Yes. I will drill a hole in your head and put in another taco. <laughs> <laughs> Go get your brothers. Many tacos. Yes. So in trouble. That's my, those are my uh, home, improvement, home improvement plans. To get... And the... Um, the electric is is a heavy little bugger because it's you know solid wood. It's a lot heavier than the acoustics. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna yeah. need some good strong, good strong taco with not a lot of wiggle room. I'm I'm in, I'm using uh, tacos hither and thither in my work in the basement. I now, as you know, the basement from episode number 13, 18, 22, and twenty nine when yeah. I mentioned my basement that uh, it's it, it's divided into quads. There's a quad washroom area. There's a quad storage. There's a quad my wife's area, a.k.a. the exercise area. And then there's my quad, a.k.a. the man cave, the workshop. That's what I've been doing for two days. It's coming along. So you got the... Coming along. 
You got the fitness quad, the workshop quad. No, it's the same thing. Okay. Fitness and workout, same thing. No, but your wife's... Means the same. Your wife's part Same thing. It, she, yes. She, well, one thing. Okay. I didn't say work... There's workout, and then there's yeah. workshop. <laughs> yes. There's a different quad. Yes. Yes. Mine okay. and hers, in fact. Okay. And then two others being their quad, the washing area, folding clothes, dryer, yeah. and then the other quad, which is pure storage. Okay. Four quad basement. And me and my son are the four quad squad working on. Nice. Quad squad. Four quad. The quad squad. Do, 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 do. This is a job for the quad squad. So uh, Tom burst into a song the other day that was uh, had a Peter Gunn, uh, Peter Gunn uh, tempo to it and a piano to it. And we play that. And this night, he had the same riff built into another bluesy tune that Lorraine knew, to which I thankfully just got to play harp. But I did a uh, I did a, uh, a variation on that Peter Gunn response where the horn, or in my case, the harmonica goes. As the Yes. So, uh, but it was so nice because it wasn't actually the song, and it was played a lot slower. Um, but it, he was playing the same Peter Gunn riff, so that was fun. You have to connect to that in the show notes for uh, whatever the hell we call this, or wherever you go to hear it. It's happyhour.fm slash zero four one four one. Tom Gunn, you say? No. Duffield. What? Peter no, Gunn. No, what? Peter. That's the, the rhythm? Peter Gunn? That's the name of the song. Peter Gunn. Yeah. American Private Eye television series. Uh, okay. Well, that will be in the show notes. At the URL I just stated. Go rewind and earlier, let's do it again. Earlier stated. I'm not, not going to say it again. So we played poker since we talked last. Yes. And uh, we didn't have a fifth man out of eight or nine potential players. Where we always have, usually have seven, occasionally six, but hardly ever five and certainly never four. The quad so squad. we played poker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you lay down your four aces? Do you say quad squad? <laughs> Oh, no, but there were some very funny moments, and, and, and I introduced a, a new game that is pretty simple if you play cards, and that you get three cards in your hand, and you're playing three-card poker. And in order to win all the money in the pot, which grows to be substantial, you not only have to have the best poker hand of the three card that everyone has, but you also have to have the lowest spade, and ace is high. So the opening hand, as I was showing everyone how hard it was, I got a pair of eights with the eight. But a guy had the six uh -huh. of spades, and so it goes. So oh, at one so point if, in the evening. So if someone else has a lower spade than you, then you don't win. Or a better poker hand. Wait, right. 
Okay, so you have to have both the lowest paid and the. Bit Let's say I got a pair of jacks in the four, which I had, and and did not win, because the guy had a three card flush. Right. And but at any rate, when, at, at what point do you, do you say okay, I think I have the winning hand, and you show your hand? Well, yeah, but you bet your hand. You bet. You get three cards. Uh, you right. bet, and then uh, you show your cards if you can raise or whatever. But it's all on the get go that you get it all. Uh, right. Okay. It's called pot. You got to have both. Okay. And so uh, anyway, you can imagine as I continued to get good hands like this, a pair with a low, and this and that fellow who sat over to the right of me, Gary, kept breaking it. Always had a better card. Always had a, and I had good hands. So what usually happens came up, is that no one wins. You, you all bet, yes, and then you lay down your the cards, and then no one wins, and you yes. can play again. Okay, yes. So one of the funny things that happens when there's only four guys, and I won this way, I had a three-card straight, right? No spade. So any spade would have taken half the pot. Nobody had a spade. <laughs> I won the pot. Nice. See? I see. You can win. Right. I see. I see. So, so, so anyway, so that was the game, and so... At one point, you could imagine when when I would bet or somebody would bet, and, and then I'd throw the cards down, and a pair of jacks with the four, right? Right. Every people would throw their cards in because I beat them, and then Gary over here, which I nicknamed the backstop, would would just very slowly throw down his cards and say three card flush. Fucking. Good. So you so you would look, so we would do this throwing the cards down, right? And so at one point, Dave, whose clubhouse we were in, nobody had a spade. And he said, I've got uh, a queen nine high. Any pair would have beat him. A king would have beat him. And all three of us, all the other three of us, threw down and said at the same time, get out of here, queen jack. All three of us had queen jack against his queen nine. That was outrageous. It was a hilarious moment. Yes, as you can well imagine, it's got you Everybody. rolling on the floor. It's just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just, 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 just would you think it were funny if I could reach through the screen and strangle you for a second? <laughs> Grab that ankle, your yeah. ankle, uh, your ankle forehead, and shake you a little what, bit. What a, At least I'm glad you wore a shirt tonight. Jesus a fantastic Christ. quad squad moment. Well, true, true. So you so that was successful overall. Um, I had uh, went down to hardly anything, and then came roaring back and only uh, played for four hours and lost three bucks. That's a success. With a twenty twenty uh, twenty dollar ammo. Hey, so that's 17, hey. 17 bucks for four hours of fun. Which no three three bucks for four hours. Uh, of fun. right, yeah, three bucks for four hours of fun. So. See, you do the math. It's what I came with minus what I go home with is what I spent. So So, picture three numbers. I'm just saying three three bucks for four hours of fun. Four hours of fun is what we're giving our listeners every every month. So a three a $3 donation at happy hour at patreon.com slash happy hour would just be a grand old way to spend your money. Yeah, but that's yeah. Point. I imagine I imagine that there's whole family really, people sitting around, sitting around a radio and just tuning in. Exactly. And, hey, Ma, did you make the popcorn? It's happy oh, hour time. time for happy hour. Have a, oh, Mom, I'm not too old to have a drink, am I? Well, Johnny, you're only seven. Well, yeah, but Billy started when he was six, and I'm taller than he is now. All right, you can have some wine. 
Just a glass. Pause. Pause the podcast. I gotta go piss, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to miss the thing. Yeah, so anyway. Uh, and of course, you really gotta do $5 a month to uh, to get three of it to us because, you know, the middleman. Is that you? You're the middleman. You, you know what I would name you? Country Store. What's why your why is that, Dennis? Well, yes, because no matter what I do, there I sell my soul to the country store. You load 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. Now? I get a little food. I get a little drink. I do a little work, and at the end, I get nothing. Because yeah. I owed it all to the country store. There you go. We can, <laughs> I, 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 we, that for, for really high-paying patrons, we can sell a little bit of Vince's soul to you. Because, hey, hey. And we could do that. The key would be to put it in a, a fancy, tiny little bottle that had a, a dark, a, but a translucent blue cap on it any any small bottle mm-hmm. with a translucent blue cap will attract the eye of many patrons if you say that what is in there is a piece of of a soul yeah and maybe you get instructions on how you you snip a piece off when someone's unawares when they're saying their prayers or having a sweet dream and you just snip a bit of their soul away and put it in there. It's, wait, wait it's a but we're we're selling pieces of your soul. Not, well, that would, not, yeah, not that, a bottle. That's where I mean, if if they open it, does it does your soul escape, or is it the thing well, that you inhale, supposed, or what? Supposed to drink it, and you end up talking funny for. <laughs> you end up talking funny for a minute. You said, <laughs> you said like Dennis for a minute. It's like. Control my urge to say, "What in the fuck are you talking about?" Exactly. Or fish on. Fish on. Or, or maybe, or maybe, or maybe my favorite cheer in the bar when I love the music, which uh, we'll have to link to Ben Daniels' band. I want to tell you a few stories about those boys. But uh, uh, <laughs> your exclamation at the bar anyway, is. It's too loud to 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 do in the in the setting here. It's way too loud. It's okay. You want me to do it anyway? Would it blow something out? Well, I mean, maybe back away from the mic for a moment, and I'll take my headphones off. Here comes everybody. Turn, turn down your volume. Dennis is walking away from the microphone. Yeah, yeah. The fuck? All right. Is your family gonna come and check on you now? What the fuck? What was that? You told me to move away from the mic, so I did. Yes, and it and it, peaked all, it peaked all the levels. Yes, was, well, was that a word? It's two words. Well, it, because you peaked all the levels, we need to. Can you? Could you tell us what those words were? Word twice, so you'll have to figure it out from there. There's no more clues. All right, the same word twice. <laughs> yes, like bongo bongo or something. All right. Well, we will. <laughs> well. 
That's only because you've heard me yell that out before when I'm happy. It's I yell out, Pongo, Pongo. What kind of a childhood did you have that these things come to your mind? Chat, chat, chat. Those would be the two words. Good Lord. Thank God, thank God you're odd. At least there's something for us to talk about. Oh, Lord. Wow. Quirky. What an, ex- what an, what an ejaculation, Dennis. Oh, my word. Please. So speaking of that, did you did we talk at all? I know that we're going to stay away from certain uh, uh, Showtime series. This is one thing I do want to remark about. It's about music, is that the music at the end of each episode is remarkable, and they also have as a, a very curious way to name an episode. And you have to listen for when the episode is named. Sometimes it happens early. Sometimes it happens late. Without any type of a spoiler alert, Imagine that the name of the episode was Michael, and you didn't know why. And, a, and in the show, a, 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 a street artist dressed up like a, a, a cartoon character was doing magic tricks and asked a woman, asked the audience, who has a dad, who has a father? And everybody raised their hand. And uh, the, uh, she said, yeah, I have a father. Well, all right, well, don't tell me his name but I want you to think real hard about his name. And then as she said that, one of the stars of the show, one of the brothers walked by and she stopped him. And she said, excuse me. And he said, I'm in a hurry here. And she said, just just tell me the name that's written on the piece of paper that's in your mouth. And he he stopped oddly and, re, and in fact found this little tiny piece of paper that unfolded and it said Michael on it. Mm-hmm. And not only was it the name of the woman who she bet, you know, she said to everyone, I can guess it, but it's also his father's name. Right. And thus the episode is named Michael. This is a little bit of whoosh going on. Yep. Whoosh. I, uh, the, you familiar with the TV show called Better Call Saul? The, uh, sort of, um, sequel to Breaking Bad? Here to oh, no. Yeah, uh, it's it's really really good. Anyway, uh, one of the um, one of the seasons, maybe the first season, they uh, all of their episode titles were different things related to the to the show. But uh, some of the fans figured out that if you took the first letter of each of the episode titles, it sort of like told you the answer to what the whole what the whole season was was building towards, which was really? kind of a clever little gag. Uh, really, as far as episode title titling goes. So maybe that'll be my next uh, binge. Is uh, Better Call Saul? It's good. It's good. If you if you, like, if you like Breaking Bad, I never saw Breaking Bad. Not one episode. Oh well, in that case, you got to start there. That's uh, it, it's. I heard someone recently describe it as uh, it's amazing, amazing cinematic television, but it doesn't make you feel good about your about like you don't you don't Thanks. finish it you don't feel it finish an episode and feel good about yourself or life or anything it, it's it's <laughs> it, it sort of goes down but it's one of these uh it's one of these shows where and it's a kind of it's a genre that i love i love um i love tv shows where a character makes a makes a decision and to try and solve a problem and the consequences of that decision give him like two more problems and he does the 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 reasonable thing to solve those problems, and it just creates more problems. And that's that—that that is exactly the Ray Donovan uh, 
for overstory. Yes. So right there. I, I love I love I love TV shows like that where, like I think we probably discussed the TV show called Barry. Uh, uh, I think I was yeah ago, right uh, where right it's which like, is the same right it's the same thing where, this happens and that happens it's dominoes right exactly uh, so Domino's Breaking right. Bad is very much like that where it it's a it's a reasonable character that makes a reasonable decision and then the consequences of that give other things and then you just sort of domino on down but right uh, yes for for the love of God you need to if once you finish episode four hundred <laughs> of uh, Donovan. <laughs> That's that's quite a saying. For the love of God, and if I don't, then God won't love me. No, he well, won't. He, oh, you're in such deep shit. He. Oh, I'm sorry. Sh- no, for, ever, she won't love you. If you don't know that God they, is, they a won't love you. Female, you're out of touch. Well, I'm sorry. I I fell into my patriarchal upbringing. There. I, you're what? Your awkward upbringing, patriarchal. Oh, patriarchal, right? Yeah. So, a friend of a, a friend of a friend texted the other day, and referred to a, a Christmas scene in his house, as and his name. <laughs> his name is Ryan. Yes. And and uh, and I won't say his last name, obviously. And he's he's married a woman who's got a little child, two children, and he sent a picture out, and he, he called it. The House of Ryan, yeah. <laughs> to which, to which there weren't a lot of women who cheered. Here, here, <laughs> to the House of Ryan, as if, you know. And someone, I think my daughter, wrote him and said, "So, why is it just your house?" <laughs> Oops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, and uh, he wrote back and he said, "Well." You know, it probably goes back to the to the monarchy, because it's the the the, the, the monochronistic right. uh, terminology is such that it would be the house of the first name of the of the patriarch. Right. And so, so I, I don't know if there was a follow up question, but if I know my daughter, it probably was. Um, so you're the patriarch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the answer would come back. Well. In a monochronistic sense, <laughs> yes. The, the true answer is, hold on, let me check, my, check with my wife about that. Oh, I'll get back to you. <laughs> so at the poker game, yes. at the poker game reminds me that I uh, told these guys a, a joke that, that he, I think he, I know you've heard, which is that my... I, I was playing poker with these guys, and I said, I sat back in my chair, I took a swig of my beer, and I said, so, you know, my wife is accusing me of not knowing, uh, you know, which way to turn ever, and and always getting my directions mixed up. Mm-hmm. And they all listened to me, and I said, and I said, you know, and I'm just sick of it, so I just packed up my bags, and I write. How long did it take them? And, and listen, <laughs> It wasn't how long did it take them. It wasn't that at all. What you really want to know is what happened next and for how long. <laughs> because what happened next was nothing. It was just silence. Right. It was just silence. It's a heady. It's a, it's a, and, it's a thought. And, and, then, and then one of the three, I think it was Dave, says, what? <laughs> what did you say? And I said, well, she said that I, I couldn't get my directions 
Correct. And so I just pack my bags and write. <laughs> and there is another long pause. You say, what did you really? And then finally, finally, back, back, backstop says, oh, Gary. Oh, laughed. And the other guy's kind of groaning. And, oh. and then they laughed. They thought about it, and then they chuckled, and then it grew, and they ended up into a full-fledged guffaw. But it was like the melting of a fucking glacier. It's like pulling, pulling teeth. So to speak. Another beer has been released. No teeth. No, I started out with a little scotch this evening, a little doers on the rocks. And now, Alaska Amber, to you, to Happy Hour, to the final episode of 2019 which will be released in 2020. So with your doers, Scotch, are there, is there doers and there's dolters or there's people that do and people that do her? There's doers and there's non-doers. Non-doers. What's non-doer? They, they don't do shite. They're ne'er-do-wells. They're ne'er-do-wells. You're a doer, L. I am, in fact, a doer. <clears throat> what have you done, Dennis? I haven't done shit. Just yeah. working in the basement. Just drinking doers. On the quad squad. The quad squad. Dun, 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 dun. Quad squad. I once had a wife named Maud, and her toenails are long. They were clawed. Yes. She said, grin, as I wiped off my chin. If there were four of you, we'd be a quad squad. Yeah, that works. We can, uh, we can publish this episode now. I once had a wife named Ginger, who was amazed at the size of my finger. I shan't go on it. I will stop. Ginger, ginger and fingers enough. You know where that's headed. I'll stop. Yes. And, and the only thing about my lyrics is that for reasons I know you understand, they all have they all have the 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 the, the, the sentence in it. She said with a grin as I wiped off my chin. <laughs> anyway, too lewd. Too lewd. Too lewd. Too rude. Too, too lewd. lewd. I've got to go to the loo. We'll be back in a minute. Too lewd. Not really. Just want to say loo. Uh, well, do do you do you loo? Never did. Never will. You don't loo. Don't care for it. I don't. I don't care for it a bit. You want to do it? You do it. You do the loo. Is your whiskey? Is she, is she a doer? Nudge nudge. Why do you ask? Yeah, 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 yeah. Happy hour with Dennis and Eric. This is what you signed up for, and why you're not paying for it. You wonder why you did, and I can't answer your question, Rye. But here we are, moseying through the end of the year, and so I, I close out my financial books for the year, and I do this and I do that, and I tinker and I totter and I do a few emails, but 
I am now, uh, as they would say, I'm on the dough. Are you? I'm on the dough. Beginning January 5. More reason. So, for social donating, security. Patreon.com. Fixed income. Fixed and as income. I tell people, you know, when you turn 66 and you don't work, you don't have to say you're unemployed. No. You say mostly retired. And don't explain why. And they say, well, what do you do? And you say, I don't do shit. Nothing. <laughs> I say, I used to have a pretty good business, but I don't anymore. What the fuck is your problem? <laughs> I'm no longer a doer. I drink doers. So, uh, your widow's peak is pronounced this evening. I wish the listeners could view it, but it's you're beginning to look like that fucking uh, guy in the Abs family, the little the kid. What's his name? What's his name? Billy? What's his name? The little the, the, the boy in Adam's family. Yeah. Look it up. Come on. Move those fingers, bro. They get paid for. This guy who subscribes, he's this is why, because he wants you to be quicker. He wrote me. He called me. There's two D's in Adams. Jesus. We have to have music while you're looking. Lurch, Thing, Wednesday, Pugsley, Uncle Fester, Gomez, Wednesday. No, Wednesday was a girl. That's a girl. He's a little vampire boy. Not Pugsley. Is it? Adams. Uh, huh? Hold on. A Pugsley. Is it Pugsley a little vampire boy? All right, so I was looking at the thing from the original 1964 TV series, which... That's what I'm thinking of. Well, the little boy doesn't look... Is he fat? He's sort of Like pudgy. a Pugsley would be? No, this is... He looks like a Pugsley. <laughs> well, right. Well, this, this, this is a little a little, uh, little vampire boy. Hold on. He's got the vampire hair and the cape. There's the new oh, Canadian sitcom. There's the film. There's the I wonder one. if I'm imagining this. I mean, vampires do typically have widow's beaks. So you wouldn't be totally... Pugsley Adams. No? No. Uh, sorry, man. I think I sent you up into the wormhole. Blind, this, uh... A blind Adams family alley. Well, I guess I'll forgive you this time. Okay, well, Billy is his name, whatever. I'm not making this shit up. It's in there somewhere. Let me see. Uh, John Astor was the best Gomez ever. Ever. He passed not so many years ago. He was he was so fabulous in that role. And um, Angelica Houston uh, is cut her teeth in so many ways this made her iconic um, in that movie yeah well yeah I mean but in, in other ways as well I think the way <laughs> the way that she moved and the choreography with her octopus uh, trailer on her gown which which they made look like a spider crawling along with her unless unless I'm imagining that too <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We have to look at the age of that, and I'll tell you how old I was, and I'll tell you what substances I was abusing at the time. But uh, yes. might have been weeds up in the field. You know, we we cut the weeds 
down in the fall when they were hollow and lit them on fire and smoked what essentially was campfire smoke. Yes, yes, it was so cool. So, give me another uh, another rowdy story from your childhood when you got up to no good. Okay, here's what I thought of the other day: is that we would, we had, we lived in a little hilly part of town, and in one street, King Street was just a block away, and it was quite a steep hill, that steep enough that that if you were 12 years old and you were riding down on a bicycle, yes, that by the time you got to the bottom with your feet off the pedals, you would feel accelerated mostly because you were scared shitless. Right. That was pretty steep. I recall that. Yep. But that was brick. That was brick. So there's a limit to what you could do on it. And it was so steep. And it was a busier street than our street, which is one street over, which had two hills converging into what was my corner of my yard. One from the neighbor who was up above us and behind us a bit that had a driveway that came down that started with blacktop and went into gravel down. But more importantly, perpendicular to my house, up the hill, in the place where the famous pole vaulting incident took place, and I'm sure I've explored in episode number 34. But that was a steeper decline. And so that, at the base of those two converging hills, at the corner of my yard where the signpost said Maple, and what was the other side street? can't remember. But that's where we set up a bike ramp, where from the steep, we set up bricks and made a little wall and then set up boards and we went racing down the hill and hit the ramp and it became a competitive contest that of course like many things the older the kid the more competitive and some kids 11 12 13 even on their bicycles and jimmy who you've heard a story about because he's the one who destroyed uh the uh the cave, the cave uh, shack, uh, shack. Yep, yep. pounded it down. You know Jimmy I, from I that Jimmy. story. Yep. Jim, well, don't hate him. You know, it's, go easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think yeah. our listeners are don't have pretty to hate much anti This is the way we felt about him. We didn't like him very much, but we respected him. Okay. All right? All right. You didn't want to, you didn't want to be, you know, just, just keep him in regard. Okay. But anyway, between him and the older boys, including, I think, my brother Joe, who's older, and Wayne, who might, I don't remember Wayne, who was the oldest of the crew, who would have been 16 at this time. I don't remember him being in it. He was lanky. I don't know that he would ride a, a little a banana seat stingray bicycle, which was what the required bike was, or in our case, whatever uh, rigs my father and my uncle would put together for us, kind of homemade, but very, very, very good uh, bicycles, mm-hmm. smaller, but not, not the expensive banana seat, the stingray. But anyway, Jimmy, of course, was on one of these hand rigged deals. And and the deal was, you know, the more that you made that 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 ramp steep, the higher you went in the air and the more you flew. And sure. since you were going downhill, if you were at a reasonable, you would go off it boom boom. But if you want to go higher, you go boom boom boom. Well, and so the competition wore on and he said, well, let me show you and he put it at what essential <laughs> was a 90 degree, not a, not a 90, a 45 degree angle, which was all shored up with bricks and whatnot. I mean, it was a, we did a good job building the ramps. Yeah, but so you're going to hit that. Racing down, he comes racing down the hill at breakneck speed, 
hits the ramp and goes <laughs> straight up in the air. And, and this perfect moment is speed and weight against gravity was beaten by gravity, but there was a moment when gravity yep. took over. He was weightless. Because the trajectory of his weight, so he was going up until he wasn't. And at the point that he wasn't, all time froze. Right. And everyone's face froze. And we all looked at it. And when he crashed down, he crashed down back wheel first, but from a height of six feet, which is... That's a lot of distance. Where not only do you land on the on the gravel road, mm. but your bicycle lands on top of you. So I don't remember him being any more damaged, and I recall him dragging his damaged bent wheel bike uh, up the driveway, up the hill, toward his house. See, but, that, you know, that's, 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 that's the sort of thing that that today someone would immediately post that to Instagram, and people would share it, and it would go viral. You know, look how stupid this this kid was, or look, watch these crashes and people doing stupid things on bicycles. Yeah, the whole series ridiculousness. Have you seen it? Ridiculousness. That's what they do. Yeah, it's like a take on uh, crazy home video type stuff, but it's uh, it's more of a hip hipster. You ought to check out an episode. It's 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 pretty there's... funny. But there's a dude in a cap, and he's like, you know, down and down with his down with his bros in the hood. You know, and it's all funny stuff, and they always have some people on who are well known in circles. Not mine. I don't know who any of these people ever are. Um, yeah, there there's a bunch of uh, channels on the on the internet uh, full of people trying to jump over stuff and and failing. And you'll see the Russian. It's easy. This is what you do. I'm going to tell you how to do it. You do this, you do that, and boom, it's done. You gotta see this guy and you gotta link him. He is the he is it goes under the the, the name of uh, the crazy Russian inventions or a crazy Russian something or other. And, and he starts every episode by putting his glasses on and off and saying, Welcome to the some some this is what we're going to do today. Yes. Do this and do that. One, two, three, and boom, and then it's done. We we went, must have watched twelve of these things over the course of a couple of days, laughing our full head off. He is so, and the stuff that he's showing you and he's making, it's very interesting and useful. Like he showed how to make a stove out of uh, old uh, coffee cans that would guarantee to heat a room. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. Just a can opener, a can opener, and, and you know, and, yes, and he had never done it before. He'd never done it before, so he does it live on, on film. Yeah. This is what we're going to do. We're going to take the cast. We're going to cut them into pieces. We're going to put them together. Boom. We're going to have a furnace. Let's go. I've never done this before. Let's go. And then he does it, and they clip it, and they edit it. I was in Pulaski, New York at the uh, Salmon River during the fishing trip, which could be seen in episode number uh, 34. Episode number 27. Cowboy caught the same fish twice. Did you ever post the in, in the net, out of the net? No, you didn't send it. Oh, man. I did send it. it I did. I had to cut it down to a minute or less. It did, it did and I ride. sent it. No, well. well, no, I th- it was text. Oh, this reminds me. We have, uh, we have a listener question. 
Oh. It was, yes. Snurk questions. Okay. This was sent in via Apple Podcasts comment. It was about that episode called Cowboy Caught the Same Fish Twice. And the question was, how did the cowboy know it was the same fish? Dennis, go. Number one, fish, a little background. These fish are gathered in pools, and the pool may have five or six different fish in it. And the fish have different colors. They have different sexes, male and female. They have different sizes. And when you're fishing in the clear streams, you can't see the fish clearly, but you can see their shadow, and you can see certain coloration depending on the value of your glasses and the weather conditions which allow you to see into the water. When the sun comes out and you have on good glasses, you see the shapes and you can see the color, some brown, some gray, some with white specks because they're getting old, some black, etc. And so you're fishing in, a, in what is more or less an established little piece of water. And what happens during the course of the day is the fish dart in and out of the particular spot that you were watching because the spot you are watching is where the fish stack because they're comfortable looking for bait and or out of the rougher water where they get tired and so they're sitting just feeding with an active fish in and out, in and out, in and out. So when you're fishing, you're actually are fishing for a particular fish. You're fishing within a group of fish, but when you catch a fish, you know which fish you caught. And when you bring that fish in, there's certain markings on the fish, size, male, female, color, etc., off the hook, back in the river, boom, boom, boom. You can see that same fish going in and out in the same spot. This time, probably not so energetic because it's been caught. So now it's just in the slower water, maybe closer to the shore where the water is the least quick. Therefore, if you throw your fly and you happen to drift toward the fish that you know you've already caught and you catch it again, you say, damn, I caught that fish twice. Now, in other conditions when you can't see the fish so much, there's other signs, which include not the sighting of the fish upon the application of the fly to the river, but actually upon the fish in the hands or the fish in the water is the size, the markings, the colorings, etc. In the case of my brother, I told you, but not in the case of the cowboy, was my brother knew it was the same fish because his fly that he broke off was there. So before he let the fish back, he unleashed his fly that he caught him on, plus he unleashed the purple fly that he caught him on the first time, which he broke off. That's incontrovertible evidence. That's that's solid. Well, and in the case of this other, it's it's it it, it, it obviously with that level of detail, it's not it's it, it's a completely with all that in mind, there is no question, such as the questioner asked. With all that in mind, that questioner will say, "Oh, I didn't know any of that." Of course, nor did I. I didn't know any of that. It's not that you catch the fish and the fish says, "Oh, hi again." Hello again! Yo! Or, bro, twice in a day? That's fucked up. Or, or the Get first the time. fuck out of my lips, son of a bitch, and put me back. Let's try for three. You don't want to eat me. I'm too old. Or the first time the fish says... Don't say me for your brother. The first time the fish introduces itself, you know. Hi, I'm Susan. Yo! No, Larry. You don't look like a Larry. Oh, my name is Larry. Larry, really? Well, so so I did, did, tell me, stop me if I told you the story of the uh, the fish that I had that went underneath the log and, and two guys had to chase it down and catch it. Sounds familiar. Well, I won't. I, won't familiar. I, don't, I don't recall exactly. 
but it's been a while since episode 27. Well, here's a, here's a moment. Here's a moment. Our good friend John, who I've known for forever, it seems, mm-hmm. since I was first married 40 years ago, he came fishing after 20 years of me asking him every year to come with us and every year saying he'd love to and never doing it. And he finally came and he did it. And there's an image of him, and he didn't land a fish, which, of course, is really what you, you're, the objective. you're after, as, a, as opposed to hooking a fish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite sure that fits because uh, fishing is includes... Landing. Okay. Yes, and catching, in fact. You wouldn't say, I caught him if he broke the line off. Wait, but you would say, well, I hooked him. Is landing different from But here's catching? the image. Here's what? Is landing the same as catching? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. although landing is, is could be construed as different from netting. Landing would be more, very specifically, bringing the fish into land without a net. Right. Netting would be what you would rather do instead of landing nine times out of ten. <laughs> okay. But you, sometimes you don't have any choice. But there's a, there's a certain uh, a factor, you know, when you're looking for a fishing hole and you can see fish, the question is, well, if I catch a fish, where am I going to land it? How am I going to bring it in? If you're standing off the edge of a ledge and, the, and beneath you, in the deep six-foot waters, you can see shadows of giant fish, and that ledge is is high off the ground Certainly, you could put a, a, a fly in there and drift it into that area. But the question is, then what do you do if you catch a fish? Because you ain't going to lift it out of the water. It isn't like, oh, I got a fish out and you lift it out of the water. Right. This is a 26-pound hunk of fucking muscle. It's in this deep water. It's going to get caught, and it's going to run upstream. And if you're on a ledge, you can't do it. what do you do? Well, there is, in fact, a ledge, a rock ledge of, of giant Three and four foot size, four by four by four foot boulders, six by four foot boulders of a wall built at the curve of the river. And that's exactly what everyone has to contend with. Okay, anyway, back to my friend John. Oh, so here's the image. He's at a log. He goes into the water. The fish is in between, is on the other side of the log. He's on the wrong side of the log, so to speak. He's crawling in the water. You need to be on the wrong side of the log. So to speak. And then because the fish was running away. And if the fish continued to run away, it would use all his line and then break off at the end, which is about 80 yards. It's a long ways. But you're on a river. So when you give him his head, so to speak, and let the line loose, he's not tugging against anything anymore. So oftentimes he or she will stop. And that's what the attempt was. But when that happens, suddenly in the space between the fish and the fisherman, there's all this line. Right. Because it's not running anymore, and in fact, it might be swimming towards you now. And uh-huh. so the lines in the water, and the lines on top of the water, and in this case, there were two fishermen in the middle of all that. My brother and our other buddy who was fishing was um, anyway, and one of them with a fish on the line reached up, grabbed the line that the fish was on, the monofilament, yep. the clear line, not the fly line, the green fly line and lifted it up and as he lifted it up the fish got off because he had basically put tension on the line and the fish took advantage of that and squirmed and got off and all was lost and the 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 discussion was basically so what the fuck just happened what who who did what what and who was on that rock in the middle of the river and made the 
extraordinary, ridiculous move of grabbing a line with a fish on it, mm -hmm. which is sheer expectation of it breaking off. You got a 10 or 12 pound line, you got a 24 pound fish. Yeah. That tension is so stretched out and so perfectly balanced in the fight between the, the line and the fish that if you grab it, then it, it changes the entire. But in this case, the fish was loose because it had stopped running and mm -hmm. there was all this loose line and fucked it all up. But that's the image of our friend John and all that line kind of flying in the air at that one frozen moment right. when it was clear that the fish wasn't running anymore and there were two men in the middle of it and there's green line and there's monofilament okay, and there's a rushing curve. What? I'm confused. There, there are two lines between the fishing rod and the two fishermen. The two fishermen, one line. A fisherman with the fish on. Two fishermen in the stream. One line, one fish. The line has got two different colors. It's both green the same and line it's clear at the end. Has two its colors. fly line is fly line is a very thick line that you can throw. It's usually green or orange, okay. and then attached to that. It's monofilament, which is almost invisible. Right. That's 10 or 12 pound test that's clear. So you're confused about the fact that there's two different colors in one line. No, I understand. At some point, the line changes from being heavy and green to being clear and light. They're tied. They're actually tied together, well, sure. which is why they call it, when you do this, tying. Hey, man, you want to go tying? Yeah. Let's go tying or not, or if you don't want to or not. <laughs> we can tie or not. Whatever we can grab some Thai food or not, or not, and so this is the concluding story of our evening. I think so. It's amazing it's to been... see that time has flown, flown, and yet we had these Gone. two beautiful moments in your stories. First, with <laughs> with Jimmy up at the Jimmy. up flying through the air and time stopping. And also with Just John, with, 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 the, with the line in the air, and time also stood still. And yet here we are. Just for that moment. Time has uh, continued to run, and here we are. So I'll leave you with this. I mentioned earlier Ray Donovan about the music and never finished the story because you probably interrupted me, but here's the deal. The last episode of season five, the name of the episode is Time Takes a Cigarette. And you don't know what it is. You don't hear it anywhere in the movie. And every movie, every, not movie, every episode, you can find why they name it that. This you don't until the concluding song, which that's the name of it. And it is astounding. Independent of anything about the series, I, I want you to find that tune and post it at happyhour.fm slash zero four one. What's it called? Time smokes the joint time takes a cigarette time takes a cigarette <laughs> all right time drags on so to speak so to speak yeah, good evening, guys. okay that's it for another hour of silliness with eric and dennis the song that dennis was re recalling at the very end was a song called rock and roll suicide by david bowie the lyrics for that will be in the show notes at happyyard.fm slash 041 and of course you can go to patreon.com slash happyhour to give us a little bit of money buy us a, buy us a round and 
I hope you are all having a wonderful 2020, and we will see you next week.